This is the Austin Rugby Podcast, your home for all rugby in Central Texas. We do our best to cover every level of rugby played here in the capital. And the goal of the podcast is to continue to grow the sport of rugby in Central Texas and the United States. Each contributor of the podcast has their own individual thoughts and opinions, which may or may not necessarily reflect those of the teams that they represent. But we all do our best to cover rugby here in Texas. As a disclaimer, some language may be explicit on the podcast, as we do not edit for time and full effect. I'm your host, Dustin. Thanks for joining Season 2 of the Austin Rugby Podcast. We hope you enjoy. starting soon we're really excited to get out and watch all of these matches that are happening around central texas now it's uh it's been a few weeks since our last show because well you know holidays work and of course scheduling conflicts are just a part of the business of running a podcast on your own so do appreciate you guys being patient with me and really hope that uh (laughs) it doesn't have such a long time in between the next episode don't worry we're gonna be back every week as much as we can covering rugby in Central Texas and throughout the area is for each tournament. That includes the college level, high school guys, if we can do it, of course. Um, MLR is coming up, which is great. We're pretty excited about that. But in this week's episode, we're pretty much complete our meet and greet of all the Austin area r- rugby clubs. We've got three clubs from different levels of play on the show today, as they've all kicked off their seasons, as we said, here in the Texas Rugby Union and the Red River Conference. And I'm really excited to chat with everyone today as they are all experienced players and just love the game of rugby. As you know, every week it's our joy and privilege to bring amazing teams to you guys who listen to the podcast here in Central Texas. We really appreciate all the people who come on from the Valkyries to the Huns to the college guys that we're going to talk to a little bit later. But we want to start off this episode talking with the newest men's club team in Austin area, because technically it's not in Austin. They're Pflugerville, Round Rock, and we'll talk about that. But we're talking about the Oric, the other rugby club, and we've got Justin Hale with us. Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Dustin? I am doing spectacular. As a caveat to anybody that's listening, Justin and I have actually already had this conversation before. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and he, he laughs because we recorded a great episode last week. We had a lot of good stuff, a lot, talked, talked a lot about the building of the team, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But as we decided to close everything out and as we decided to try to save everything, my computer decided it didn't want to do a damn thing. And it closed out on me and we lost the recording. We lost, we lost his recording, which is more important than my voice talking the entire time. So we're going to start all over again and 
we're going to have Justin come on. And again, just tell us all the great stuff that's going on with the other rugby club out of Pflugerville Round Rock. So Justin, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started, how long you've been in existence and, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the season in the fall and what's going on in the spring so far. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's never it's never bad. I get to talk about my rugby club again, so it's it's always a That's good right, thing. Um, no, but uh, ORC other rugby club outsiders. Uh, we started because a lot of guys. If, if anybody's ever been to the Austin area, um, which a lot of people have. <laughs> they <laughs> what is they it, like 150 people every day or something. Yeah, like that? something ridiculous. We know how terrible traffic and things can be during rush hour. A 17-mile drive turns from a 20-minute to an hour-and-a-half-long drive. And so um, I've had this plan actually for the last couple of years, but I wanted to start a team that was in a, the northern area of, of central Texas. So uh, where ORC is located right outside of Austin in Round Rock and Flukerville, um, and it's just a chance for, for guys who have been displaced because of distance or, or time, uh, a chance to get back into rugby. And so, uh, I think you said how long we've, we've been around since officially since October, 2019. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's what is it? Four or five months right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're four, four months. Yeah. One of the two newest teams in, um, in the TRU. TRU. So for those who don't know, the TRU is the Texas Rugby Union. There's teams all over the place, spread out far and wide. Uh, for those who aren't from Texas and don't realize, um, driving from one location to the other in Texas can be very difficult. <laughs> um, well, not difficult, just time consuming. Yeah, we you don't know, measure miles. We measure, di- <laughs> we, we measure hours. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Everybody's like, oh, we'll drive three hours and we're in New England and we can be in eight different states or something like that. You drive three hours in Texas and you've made it to Dallas. <laughs> and, and then you you still got another three hours to go to get out of Texas. So. Yeah. Well, so talk to us about, you know, you guys started. What's your numbers look like right now? Uh, you know, you, you're pulling from kind of the Round Rock, uh, Pflugerville area. You, you know, how many people you got on the team and, and what's the kind of the positive outlook you guys have right now? Yeah, so right now we're up to I want to say twenty eight or thirty SIP members, uh, which is, which is great. You know, four months into oh, the, yeah. four months into the season, we're averaging uh, ten to fifteen guys at, at practice every week. So um, looking to get that number a little higher. Ninety like five percent of my guys all live outside of Travis County and uh, outside of Travis County, that being Round Rock, Flukerville, Cedar Park, if you know the central Texas area, uh, which is really cool, which, which tells me that um, there, there's a lot of guys in the area who want to play rugby um, and, and they're getting a chance to a little bit closer to home. I met, as a matter of fact, for, I know I said that we have like 20 to 30 SIP this past week. I think we had three or four more guys uh, new people show up to practice and by new, oh, wow. I mean new to come to practice, not new to rugby. Um, so that is a good thing. And, and winning and, and having a fun team uh, obviously helps that out. And so uh, we've been doing a little bit of a little bit of both. So. Well, yeah, it's I mean, nice. I mean it's, it's all it's all about having fun, too. I mean, well, we all want to win. I think everybody wants to win, but not everybody can win. So. Well, you know, and, and the beers taste better when you win. Oh, man, they do. They absolutely do. It's, it's just a, the sweet nectar of the gods that, that's given to you after a victory. Yep. We, we all love that feeling. 
<laughs> so, you know, you talk about winning, talk about, you know, some of the games you played so far. Um, for those that are listening and again, don't know much about TRU and how it's structured, the some of the games happen in the fall, especially in men's division, uh, division three and division two, I believe. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. Division one doesn't actually start until the, the springtime. Is that right? Yeah. Division one actually officially kicked off this past weekend, uh, weekend January yeah. 11th. Yeah, and then Division two and three kind of had a couple games last fall. Yeah, you Division know, time. Division two, there may have been like one or two games in in the in the winter or fall, whichever Texas weather. We don't know what day it is. Yeah, it it uh, feels like spring right now. Yeah, but for the most part, Division one and Division two um, both start in the spring. They're trying to get back to you know these teams that have a D one and D two teams kind of playing on the same day. Uh, yeah. And so now those schedules, you know, more align with each other. But D3 definitely started. We started back in. I mean, our first match was like a month after our first practice. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, trying to trying to still work out a lot of the kinks, yeah? Oh, man, trying to, you know, trying to learn pattern, trying to learn how guys play. Um, and, and Trying to get guys out there to begin with right. to play so you can build a 15. <laughs> right. Well, you know, our first practice was like seven guys. So uh, for us to be at, 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 you know, 15 guys on average now, um, you know, I, I'm not ecstatic, but I'm but I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm a little bit yeah. more pleased. <laughs> yeah. So how how some of those first games go for you guys? What's, uh, you know, record wise for, you know, scoring? What, what are yeah. some of the positive things you've taken away so far from the first half of the season? So so we we our trends tends to seems to be winning every other game <laughs> um and so What's better than losing every game yeah right? no you're you're 100 you're 100 right so um we started off the season we're we're, we're officially undefeated at home so we haven't we haven't lost a battle when we're playing on our home turf uh and subsequently we've lost every battle we've had to travel <laughs> um <Yeah>. which <laughs> you know for for a, a, a good team they need to be able to travel well and and so we yep. still haven't perfected traveling well um but we we've gotten better and better every every single game i can i can honestly say uh we started off our season against the strong uh san antonio rugby club um we we're able to pull off the win at home uh then our second game of the season you know we 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 got the battle against the second or third largest club in the nation against the huns um oh, yeah. And and it was a close game for the for the for the most part until about the last ten to fifteen minutes they were put up three uncontested tries, uh, so they ended up winning that. But in our rematch, um, we end up beating we end up beating them. So, um, we, we, yeah, we're really pro- progressing really fast, and and you know we get a a lot of compliments from especially from some of these tenured teams that that see what we're doing. Uh, they're loving the style of play that, that, that we're playing. They're, they're likes and the excitement that the guys have. So um, it's it's been a fun season. It's been a fun season so far. We have another stretch of games coming up, like four games in a row or something like that. Uh, and and you know, and the other teams who may be listening may not like this, but I I, I fully expect us to win the next four games in a row. Um, <laughs> hey, so, you, you gotta have you gotta be a little cocky in the sport, right? Like you well, can't go yeah. in thinking that that oh well we're gonna lose this one or we're gonna lose this one but you gotta have that positive outlook which you know hey man good for you like for, for sure they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be upset but they everybody has their spot on the podcast to say well no we're gonna win so <laughs> i mean and we just let the scoreboard decide the outcome <laughs> but yeah scoreboard is always going to be the you know the telltale sign uh for other upcoming matches so i guess who are you excited to play 
you know, w- what game are you really looking forward to? I know last week you played the blacks, you know, two time defending back-to-back national champions in D3. I-, I don't know how many games in a row they've actually won. It's kind of, it's, a, it's a kind of ridiculous now, but yeah, it's dirt. so, so actually that was, uh, probably the uh the game i was looking forward to to play the most and, and the game i was looking forward to having my guys play because um like you said they're the two-time defending national champions um they're on a 41 game win streak and so wow. you know it's it's not it's it's not there's not too many divisions uh and you got to give kudos to the blacks there's yeah. not too many divisions and not too many clubs where Twice a year, you get to play the top team in the nation. Yeah, for uh, sure. And and so you know we didn't the, we we didn't win the game un, un, unfortunately. Um, and, and I'm not too too much of a more victory guy, but I, I did have to pat my guys on the back. You know they came out first half and and the Blacks were able to put up 29. They put up 29 points um, in in the first 40 minutes, and in the second half, you know. The guys made some adjustments, um, you know, started to understand how they play and, and the speed of the game. And in the second half, it was 5-5 until the 30 to well, the 78th minute. And wow. they, sc- they scored a, one more try right before uh, right before the, the ending. So uh, second half ended like a 12-5, uh, 12-5 if you're breaking up to, into halves. Yeah, yeah. Um, which even they came to me after they was like, We've never put up one. We we've never really put up less points in the second half uh, in the than first half. the first because usually they were t- were teams down by then. Yeah, but also I think it was their least scoring game that they've ever had. <laughs> so really? yeah, right, we'll see that. There you and go, they, man. And, and, <laughs> and, and, but mind you, mind you, we we are we lost that game forty one to five. So that, <laughs> that, that kind of tells you what what they're doing to teams. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't get shut out either, so that's always a we good thing too. We did not get shut out. That is, yeah, that is a good. It's not enough for a point. So, like I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's you know, you talk about a club. You've been around for four months. You've got uh, what you say around thirty something SIP players. Yeah. Um, in comparison to the Blacks and the Huns, who have in the hundred and something players, yeah. probably on, on both squads altogether. Yeah, TR, you uh, actually just put it out. The Blacks have 99 players sipped, and I think the Huns have like 96. Yeah. So so we're talking for those that are listening, you know, about some of the the biggest clubs in the country. Some some of the clubs that, you know, the Huns are former national champions. Uh, was it three years ago? Uh, 2017. I was on yeah. that team. <laughs> well, you really now? Yeah. I, I did yeah. not look at, look at you. See, <laughs> we, we learned something new about our guests every day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, you know, so you've got a national title. So you understand, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of big, great rugby teams that are around here. So, and rugby is growing, you know, we're growing fast in the area from high school all the way up to college. I think you guys provide just another outlet for those who want to play rugby, who, you know, maybe some guys, if they want to go join the Huns and the Blacks, they may not get, a, you know, not to say they won't get a lot of playing time, but if you want the opportunity to play high quality rugby, you're going to join a club like yourself, you know, and, and going to join in, you know, the, the ORC over there and just hanging out and playing great rugby against some of the top level teams. When in some cases, at least in, in my opinion, in some cases, you may not get the chance to play at these other big clubs right. or may not even get noticed. You know, you may have skills that you see as as a coach and as as a player that say, hey, man, this guy can come in and play. He may get kind of shadowed in a bigger club sometimes. Right. You can come and make a, you know, depending on who you are 
potentially come make an immediate impact yeah, for uh, sure. versus having to wait to, to, to go through the, the rain, so to speak. Yeah. And that's not me taking a jab at anybody. That's me just no, you know, sure. pointing out obvious things that you know, I'm sure like, you know, the Huns and the Blacks, they probably see it too and saying, well, there's another club in town that we may lose a few players to. And that's, and that's okay because it's just, you're growing the game and your goal as an organization is to say, okay, Pflugerville, Round Rock, you know, if you pull from Cedar Park and things like that, um, I don't know how far north you're, you guys go if you guys go up into... this player is Jarrell, which is a little bit above Georgetown. Okay. Uh, See, that's a, that's, a, that's a wide area that you're pulling from, and some of these guys may have never had the opportunity to to play for the Huns and the Blacks because they play so far south, and so this gives them another opportunity, and again... I just continue to promote the game and say, this is how we're going to grow. So I, I commend you guys for actually doing that and started a new club in an area where you have two story clubs like the Huns and the Blacks. Yep. So, you know, congratulations for you guys for kicking that off. I so for, the, for those, for those that are listening, you know, what, what game you got coming up this weekend? Uh, this weekend we play Corpus Christi. You play actually, at home or we're at or home. home or yep. We're okay. at home. We're playing in, in Flukerville actually. So for those that are listening, where uh, where can they find more information about the wonderful Orcs, the other rugby club, the Outsiders? I mean, we talked a little bit about your your name last time, so <laughs> trying to clarify it. It is the other rugby club, uh, yeah. and I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a second here. But uh, where can they find information about you guys? Yeah, if you ever want to find information about us, uh, obviously social media is is the number one platform. So Facebook um, at Other Rugby Club, Instagram at Other Rugby Club. You can shoot us an email at Other Rugby Club at gmail dot com as well. Cool. And where do you guys practice, and what days do you guys practice? Yeah, so we practice Mondays and Thursdays, six thirty to eight p.m. at Apex Park, which is. Um, and it's, it's on our social media as well, but it's, it, nobody's going to write this down, but 2008 <laughs> Harold Parkway, uh, is Apex Park Google right map. next, it's right next to the, uh, Round Rock Multisport Complex. Awesome. Awesome. So right there where the, uh, right by actually us in the herd, uh, every other week practice on the same pitch. See, that's awesome. Then you get a chance to you just go over and uh, pick a fight with those guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, t- take them on, you know, go no. tackle a few. We let them be. They let us be. It's it's just all about growing. That's another rugby team that we talk to. So it's quite all right. Well, you know, Justin, I appreciate it. So for those that are listening, why did you guys name yourself the other rugby club? I I think it's kind of funny. I I appreciate the humor in it. Oh, man. And and it's it's, it's literally for the for the humor, man. Uh, When we're coming up with names for me, the first thing I thought about, you know, you got to think you think about winning national championship. You know, that has to be the ultimate goal of everything. And and I, we just busted out laughing when we thought about Dallin Stanford uh, commentating on the game and saying, hey, the other rugby club scores again. And somebody's like, who? The other rugby club? No, yeah, which club? The other rugby club. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like who's on first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so side, quick side story, it actually happened. One of our guys had to go – uh, speak to to a room of lawyers or something, and and they asked him what team he you know he told them they played rugby and asked him what team he goes oh the other uh, rugby club they're like yeah which team <laughs> and he and he's totally stumped a room full of three lawyers uh, and they funny. said that you're the first guy who ever stumped the room of three lawyers at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so. I have I have a bit of like nostalgia when when I heard the name of your team the first time because when I was younger uh, in childhood days. My dad named our, um, our, our youth basketball team, who knows, 
So is it. So, so it was. Who are we playing this week? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I, nobody knows. That <laughs> so, is awesome. So I, I appreciated that. So. Oh, that's well, awesome. Yep. Well, hey, Justin, I appreciate the time, man. We're going to come back with you in a couple of weeks. We're going to check out and see how things are going on with the season. We love having you on. We love having everybody else on. For those of you that are listening on here, we're going to try to post uh, on social media what, what time everybody's playing this weekend. I know uh, the Valkyries and the Huns are also playing this weekend too. So if you can make it to the games, if you're in Pflugerville, Round Rock, get out there and, and watch watch the other rugby club play. Um, you know, If you're other places, you, you can find that stuff on social media too. We greatly appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on and joining us. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Hey, Dustin, well, thank you for having me, man. Like you said, there's a lot of rugby this weekend. So whether somebody's in Austin, they can go see the Huns and the Valks. If they're up in Round Rock, Flukeville area, you come see other rugby club. And uh, it's a good day of rugby all around in Central Texas. It is, man. Don't forget, guys, if you're listening, go on to the otherrugbyclub.com. Go check them out on social media, Other Rugby Club. And, uh, you know, we'll check back in soon. Justin Hale. Other Rugby Club. Thanks, man. Uh, Thank you, Dustin. talk about on a regular basis on the show growing rugby is so important for us we talked with justin hale a little bit ago about the great stuff that they're doing and the growth and the new development of the orc rugby club in the greater austin area since technically they're not in austin they're in the pflugerville round rock area thanks justin for coming on again really appreciate that we want to continue with talking more about local clubs this time we're going to change it up a little bit step away from the men's division level and talk about a different men's level. And we're talking college rugby, talking UT rugby. Today, we've got Connolly McKay on with us. Connolly, how you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Fantastic. We're, we're just kind of gearing up for all this nice, uh, I guess, springtime weather outside here in Austin, Texas, where I think yesterday was 77, which would be pretty much a perfect day for rugby um, and getting ready for all the great things going around with the season. So, that we want to kind of talk with you guys about UT Texas, you know, UT Texas. I got to clarify that. So UT, not Tennessee, UT Texas rugby and the Longhorns rugby team. Um, Conley, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you guys are, how long you've been around and and some of the exciting things you got going on right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, thanks for having me on first and foremost. Um, UT Rugby, University of Texas, Austin Rugby. Um, <laughs> been around since 1985. Um, you know, uh, not to tangent on it, but uh, I, I I went I played rugby at Baylor, so I, I definitely one of those things that uh, I came up playing against UT. Um, had a actually pretty strong club when I was in college, which would have been in the early. 2000s, 2000 to about 2004. So I played UT home and home every year yeah. um, while I was a player at Baylor. Um, if you would have told me I would have coached University of Texas rugby at that time, one day I would have just laughed at you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, and we can get into that, of course. But yeah, UT rugby founded in 1985. Um, we're in the D1A conference so usa collegiate um rugby d1a um league and um we're in the red river rugby conference collegiate rugby conference 
And we're talking Oklahoma, uh, Texas A&M, Baylor, Texas Tech, LSU, um, and UNT and University of North Texas and Texas. And yeah, um, yeah those are our, that's, that's who we play in cup matches. And um, as you and I had kind of discussed, uh, you know, that's our, that's our league, but we, we play teams from all over and um, certainly we play some upper tier teams because we want to take UT to the next level. And the yeah. only way to get better is to play those teams. So um, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you talk about, you know, just the different teams in Oklahoma, LSU, you know, for those people that really don't understand the size of Texas, those are heck, that's a heck of a drive. I mean, LSU is what, seven hours to get to play a match over there at their, at their place. That's right. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's about seven hours. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we played, and I think you may know this, but we played, we played LSU there the same weekend that LSU had played Alabama in football, although the game was away. <laughs> and so we played them on Saturday and it was funny. Um, and I do think they do this for travel reasons, but LSU wanted to kick off at noon and I couldn't figure it out. Um, because we didn't request one way or another, you know, you know, as you well know, the 2 PM on a standalone game is your, you know, your typical, yeah. And as it turns out, you, LSU kicked off against Alabama at 2.30. So, um, they, they wanted to get the rugby game over so they go watch some well, football. Yeah, too. I mean, really, yeah, both are very important, but, but <laughs> it, it ended up being a great day for us because um, the second half against LSU was um, our best half by far on the season. And we, you know, we beat LSU, which, man, no small feat. I, I, I don't really care what sport you're playing. LSU's got a tremendous athletic program. They've yeah. always been good at rugby. It's tough to travel there. And so we beat them there. And then, uh, you know, uh, I just, I think about some of my foreign players that had never experienced um, being in uh, Louisiana and Baton Rouge <laughs> area, watching uh, uh, LSU Bama at a local place, uh, you know, and enjoying a post game. Uh, it, was, it was something else. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a whole different thing for people who don't understand about what, uh, what American collegiate football is like. Uh, for those that listen uh, you know, to the podcast internationally, um, you know, think about a perfect example is you talk about some of the biggest rugby stadiums and they're sitting 60,000 people. Well, yeah, the UT stadium sits what? 110,000 people. So yeah, that's a good example. Crazy. So, so, you know, you, you're, you've been with the, the team for how many years as the, as the head coach for UT uh, now? This is my first year as, oh, first um, year? yeah. So it's basically after, after this season, it'll be a year and a half, but this is my first full year. Um, our previous coach, Zach Mizell, took the, uh, he took the position at life where, and you and I've talked a little bit about, but it was, it was a bit abrupt, but I mean, good thing for him and, and good on him um, for the whole situation, everything he, he's done at life. And it was really kind of a deal that he couldn't pass up. Sure. He left at mid semester last year. So he left at this time last year. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. It was, it was tough on me early on, um, because I took over mid season and, um, and, you know, I, my systems and uh, my staff and all, you know, we, it was, I was, it was me and a couple guys really. And, and <laughs> um, yeah, we survived. And then uh, in August of this year, you know, I was, this is my first year as head coach. And, and it definitely felt like the last year was more of an interim deal, you know, yeah. um, the, uh, that semester. And it was just kind of hanging on and keeping the pieces together. 
And um, I worked to put a staff together in the off season and, you know, recruiting and all the, all the kids at the back. But um, yeah, it, it uh, August was my first, it was the beginning of my uh career truly as a head coach as a head coach well i think that that's i mean it's great to hear that that's happening it's great to hear that you know uh, one that somebody can step in that quickly and and help take over a team because in any sport um especially in collegiate rugby which you know a lot of us did play it is often hard to find a, a qualified coach to come in and and help guide a team rather than you know, as, as part of my career, we had, you know, you were the coach and you were the captain and you were also a a junior or something on the team. And that's, that's kind of how you got coached. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you were there at one time too, maybe uh, like, Hey, you're the captain, you're the coach. You're also in charge of post-game socials and everything else too. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I was a, uh, this is my, this is my third year um, with UT total because I was coaching um, I was an assistant with Zach um, a few years ago. So just FYI yeah. there, I didn't clarify. No, that's good. But yeah, which, uh, I, I think I, I kind of alluded to it. So it's good to have that kind of, you know, that you already knew the system you knew was going yeah, no, on. Totally. And, and that was one of the reasons that there was minimal, um, uh, minimal struggle with the, with the transition. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, on the podcast, we've talked with people from the MLR side. We talk with men's and women's, um, you know, uh, I like calling it semi-professional because the club level side is a semi-pro like there's, you know, Black's D1, Hun's D1. They, that's next level. That's that's almost to, to that MLR status. But Collegiate's a little bit different in the U.S. Um, for those that maybe don't know, what's what's it like to uh, play rugby in college in in the U.S.? Man, Justin, I, I, what's it like to coach rugby in co- for college rugby in the U.S. too? Okay, well, I'll tell you this: one of the the reasons that I am a good or, or, or decent coach at this level is because. I can empathize with a player that has minimal knowledge of the game, no matter how good of an athlete he is that has transitioned to rugby. And so you see a lot of coaches um, and particularly foreign coaches that are, I mean, fantastic rugby minds, fantastic coaches, but Mm -hmm. it is hard for them to take their knowledge level down to a level that somebody with minimal to no rugby experience can understand. That's, the, one of the main challenges is, is is getting that information across to where the level of the knowledge that I'm at and our coaches are at to somebody that doesn't have very much experience, number one. And number two, um, the another big challenge, and again, really one of the main challenges is when you're trying to coach a group of uh, young men that a couple of them may have knowledge, you know, at, up to my level and as good or play, if not better players and <laughs> down to somebody who's, who's brand new and, and doesn't even know what the word rugby is, means whatever. And yeah. what's, what's the, what's the mix that you have right now? Or what did you say? So when you have, when a new season starts a uh, new semester coming up, or I guess has just started, sorry, out of the university setting. So it's kind of hard uh, to remember the timelines, but you know, you've got to, you've got a new semester that just started. How many kids on average do you get out per semester? 
um, that are new to rugby that has never experienced uh, any form of rugby at all, minus just seeing it on television, perhaps? Right. Great, great question. You know, and you and I have alluded to this a little bit um, in our past talks, but this number is is gradually decreasing. Yeah. Um, but I'd say there's probably at least 10 to 15 guys that are brand new that also don't know anything about rugby. Yeah. And you know, there's some attrition in there, but you're going to end up having, um, you're going to end up having, you know, maybe a couple of guys on varsity that are really good athletes, but don't know very much rugby and have to come on quick. And then you'll have at least, you know, six or eight, JV, you know, developmental guys playing that are brand new first year. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty, pretty standard mix at UT, you know, first yeah. really new to rugby. And, and since I've been at UT, I have seen, I, you know, I'd say it's a handful. So maybe three or four guys, two or three, um, uh, uh, really good athletes, but um, making varsity because of athleticism, but don't know, don't have a rugby background. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and as we've discussed, because rugby is growing in the grassroots and in high school, um, most of the guys that we're recruiting are that are reaching out to us um, about playing rugby and end up going to UT and, and again, AM, OU, LSU, et cetera have some rugby background, if not played in, in high school, which again, like that's what it's all about. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously, you know, with the, the, the club level for men's like what you, what you play still and what others play and what others mostly know about, you know, USA rugby um, beyond the MLR side. Um, you know, what's it for a collegiate team? Um, we know collegiate football, you know, has one team. We know that, you know, collegiate basketball has one team, but you were talking about your, your, your JV side, almost like, uh, like a high school level. So is, is UT structured in the level of you have your, your varsity team and then you have, you know, like a JV team underneath that, that maybe traditionally a B, a B side of sorts, if you will, um, that, that you guys put out on field every week or uh, do you kind of schedule games differently based on whether or not they're varsity or the quote unquote JV? Absolutely. Again, another great question. We, so when we play A&M, OU, um, potentially, uh, and we, I didn't mention Baylor you know, in our conference. Um, That's the, your alma mater, man. And you, you yeah, forgot know, about it. Do that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm the UT coach now, Dustin. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we just I'm forget about Baylor then. In the podcast, just kidding. It's all my Baylor rugby <laughs> friends and family. Uh, okay. So t- squads that have enough for JV, and as long as it can be scheduled, w- the, we have those games. So, you know, uh, AM, um, LSU can be tough traveling everybody there, for example, but yeah. it's, uh, Baylor – uh, A&M um, and, and some of the closer teams in conference that have that also have the numbers, we we set it up and it's, you know, everybody's happy with that because it's always a win-win strictly for experience. And some of these guys that don't, that may not be getting, uh, you know, as much game time in a varsity game, um, you know, they're out there practicing just as much as everybody else. And no, so absolutely. getting them game time is huge. And then, yeah, I mean, we played, we'll play University of Dallas next semester. We played UTSA 
Um, and we basically, typically, depending on the other team and what they're looking for and our sort of goals, but we um, – and, and we play Texas State too um, th- this past semester. And we – most of those games we looked at as developmental. Some of our better players may have played, but free subs, playing everybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, strictly developmental game. And so we, we, we definitely will, will schedule those. Um, and there must that we have to we have to schedule those games to keep the numbers and to keep every uh, you know uh, everybody working towards a common goal and um, and and that's the varsity and JV positions are fluid too typically if yeah. somebody's standing out and and practicing well and and definitely as a coach as if I feel like they can handle it and they're physically ready and and the mindset is there then, you know, nothing set in stone for varsity. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very fascinating to know. So between your, your varsity and your JV side, or just in general, how many current students do you have in your organization? So we have, I don't know the total number SIP that are uh, Richie, our manager, <laughs> but we've got, <laughs> you know, we'll have 30 to 40 guys regularly at training. Wow. That's a, that's a solid number for probably, for more, team. probably more SIPed. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, well, the, the 30 range, you know, 25 to 30, 40, when they, everyone knows that there's two sides, you know, yeah. um, one of the things with, with JV is that you, uh, um, a grad student can play or somebody, you know, as long as they're, they, they're, they go to UT and whatnot, it doesn't. To play D1A, you have to varsity. You have to fit certain qualifications. How long you've been in school? How many hours you're taking for a JV game? Um, you know, some uh, a grad student that's done with that doesn't have any eligibility left or, or that sort of thing can play. So mm-hmm. that can help bolster the numbers. And, and again, usually it's a win-win because you got somebody that just wants to go get a run out that knows what they're doing and they can help bring along. Um, bring along some of the younger guys. So yeah, 25 to 30 regularly at training. And then we'll get a few more as, um, as, as everyone knows, you know, they know they're going to be playing or whatever, you know how it goes. I, I guess that's also a good thing being at one of the largest universities in the country too, that you have a, a good pool to pull from. So <laughs> it, it, It's total, but it is a double-edged sword because yeah. I'll tell you the big negative I have with UT is that is in terms of a rugby coach is that this it's, it's a very hard school. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I I, I was not the best student at Baylor, although I had a great time and I did graduate. <laughs> but, um, I rarely would miss a practice because I had schoolwork to do. Yeah. Um, and that was just me. And that's no knock on. I really see some of these guys. One of the things we try to preach is, is time management. Um, you know, all of our coaches, it, we go well, well, well beyond just the game. And I think that's one of the one things that sets us apart is just the staff and, and what I try to, to preach, you know, as the coach. But um, we talk about time management a lot. And um, I do have kids reach out to me for help and just little things here and there that, that can help them manage their time. Because, you know, regularly I have these kids stressed about papers due or tests and, and yeah. can't come train and that sort of deal. And so, yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh you know, that's a whole lot of, uh, 
uh, more responsibility than you'd normally have from a coach of a rugby team to have things like that come up rather than, oh yeah, well, let's get everybody together and, you know, for a normal men's club side, hey, you guys have a great, great week or great day. We'll see you at practice. And that's the last about it. You don't hear about all the other things like, man, I got a test coming up or, man, my girlfriend is, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that. It's completely true. There, it's It's super interesting. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I mean, that, and that's how we're having the podcast. Cause a lot of people would be like, man, I, that is, you know, just something you don't think about because it goes well beyond, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20, you know, to 21, 22 year old kids running around throwing yeah. the ball. And, yeah. and it's well, way beyond that. And, and, but yeah, it, it can part of the reason I, I do enjoy it. Um, because For sure. you and I've said, I, I think I've told you, but this is, kind of my platform. And so if I going to be a leader for, for um, my little group or in this world in any way, this is just a natural way for me to, you know, help, yeah. help young men be better humans one day. Right. Exactly. Well, I think that that's, there's, it's very admirable and it's very, it's something that you can say, you know, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is, that's your, again, like you said, that's your platform where you're saying, I'm going to help these kids grow into men at, because of this, this, and this. And if rugby is part of that, then great. And I'm sure there's a lot more life lessons that you guys talk about rather than just rugby. Um, like I said, if they're coming to you, that's wonderful, man. I, I think that's, uh, there's a lot yeah. to be said about uh, that. Dustin, I, um, I had some, I have two Irish guys um, this past See, you know, and I think both of them are here all year, which is nice. So when we get the foreign foreign exchange students, sometimes they're just here for a semester, which is a, a whole nother conversation. Oh my gosh. Cool. I can't even imagine how stressful or how it's, crazy it's, that can be. They're always, you know, generally speaking, really good players. So it's this, again, this double-edged sword of how much time do you give them and all that. But w- what I was going to say is we, I had both of them come up to me after the LSU game, telling me how happy they were playing and how different it was from their home club. Um, I don't even know the club or anything. Not to, it's not about yeah. throwing anyone over the bus, but they were talking and, it, and it's really, I don't even know if it was the club, but it was the culture back home that was so, you know, if you make a mistake that, that you, you know, it was very negative um, in, environment. And, and instead of, preaching, you know, to, you know, just do your hardest and do your best and, and, and all that. It was like, they were, they were very anxious about ever making a mistake. And, and they, mm-hmm. you know, the type of guys that played their whole life, they're, they're Irish. And, um, you know, they, they were just talking to me about the, the culture and the environment that um, all of our coaches are clearly not just me. Um, and it was, man, it was, it was definitely my highlight of the, of this, this semester so far. <laughs> That's um, awesome. That, yeah, yeah, really awesome. Like, you know, when you're questioning why you're doing it or you've got a wife and a couple kids and you're working and all that, <laughs> time where you're like, all right, I, I remember. Yep. Sometimes people forget that the coaching is just a side, is your side job. You also have a real job and a family and everything else. So, uh, you know, kudos to that for you, man. I, I'm, you know, I, I think it's a great thing and, and I'm happy that, you know, somebody like yourself has decided to take over and, and do some great things with UT and really just collegiate rugby in general. Um, talking a little bit more about your team as, as you know, close up here with you. But uh, so first half of the season, you know, you had you, 
kind of how the in, in Texas we've talked about it with Justin Hale how it's structured. You play a couple games in in the fall and you finish up in the spring. Where are you guys sitting right now uh, in the standings, win loss ratio, uh, win losses, and then uh, what do you got coming up here in the next coming weeks? Yeah, so um, a bit of an up and down first half, but first of all, first and foremost, compared to last year, we were playing better rugby. So that's at the end of the day, that's first all about. Yeah. Across the board, everybody has acknowledged it. So that, you know, makes me super happy and, and know we're on the right track. We, um, we were beating our, we had a really close game against A&M at half and they ended up pulling away. Um, and then we beat LSU there and those were our cut matches. Um, and then we had UTSA, um, Texas State and a couple other friendlies, which, you know, don't, I don't really look at it in terms of a win-loss or, or, or whatever, um, more developmental type. And then our sevens. The, um, so we're, we're middle of the pack in our conference. Definitely a chance to make the top four um, where, you know, you'll kind of – you'll have the potential to – I think top two – so you make the four, you definitely play for a spot. And if you make the top two, obviously you're playing to win the conference. So yeah. we basically where we stand right now is driver's seat to to get into that kind of kind of top um, one to three ish something like that. Okay. And so that's our goal. Um, and the guys have the ability to do it in, in this conference. Um, oh, we, we had played Arizona and we lost um, we lost a, a one sided match and uh, to Arizona last semester and by Arizona beat us here. And, you know, I have seen that's the, basically the next level we're trying to get to. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, they have a great program there. Um, and, and, and they were well drilled and they were good, but I'll tell you the score didn't reflect the talent difference. Yeah. And so there's a mental block and I, they, the boys actually admitted to me, the mental block that, that then exists when you go to the Lindenwoods and the Arizonas and the Cal Berkeley's and that next tier. Yeah, right? exactly. And so anyway, that's, that's really where we're trying. That's our goal. That's where we're trying to get to. And I'm just trying to, to remove that mental barrier because sure. they're probably more like 20 to 30 point, uh, uh, you know, underdogs to those sort of teams and not 50 or 60. Yeah. Okay. And so, but, but again, you know, speaking of BYU that when we play them in a few weeks, you, you, you don't, you want to play good rugby against them and the score is not going to, that's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking for us to kind of take that next level uh, mentally and and physically and, and and play clean game and play good rugby against those guys. Um, And so, you know, the goal there is when you go play uh, Baylor or Oklahoma, that it's a, that it's, the whole game's kind of slowed down now, right? And you're yeah, like, okay, yeah. I can handle this. So, um, yeah, that, you know, it, it when we go uh, late January, late January, we start against BYU and then we're basically flat out Baylor, Oklahoma, every weekend in February, we're playing. Um, and then the conference championship is uh, like mid, mid to late March. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate the time and you coming on the podcast and talking about that. Uh, the BYU game, is that the 25th? Is yeah, that 25th. Um, yeah, you, uh, you, I forgot you and I had talked about it prior, but not on air. 
Um, I'm a longtime Austin Blacks player, so there's potential where I might play Blacks D3 that morning um, at 11 a.m. kick. We are looking at BYU UT on one of the on the field three at around 2:30, um, and, and in that day, as you so there'll be multiple fields running. Um, six yeah, six games, five. six games in one day on multiple six fields. Games, one day, two fields. Uh, high school, which will be Westlake, four points. College, which will be UT BYU. Um, men's, which will be Huns, D1, D2, and D3, and then professional, which will be the herd in Glendale. So, yeah, man, I, I'm excited. I mean, that's a, that's a day of rugby. And I mean, and the great thing about that is it's, it's every level in, in the Austin area, you know, from high school all the way up to, to the MLR side. And that's, again, that's what we continue to try to promote is every, every little bit of rugby that we can promote that's going on in Austin. will try and do our darndest that's for sure yeah, I, I think in this even next level because you know there's playoff games oftentimes at the blacks or huns where it's definitely that sort of festival environment and, and the black huns is always that sort of environment but when you bring in um you know one, a college with two co- ma- major co- colleges playing rugby and then uh two high school squads including westlake which is you know one of the Pre, 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 uh, best, you know, uh, athletic high schools in the area forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then pro on top of it, like it, it's, it's going to be something like, I don't think we've seen out at Burfield before. That'll be good. I, I, I hope that the parking lot is uh, going to be all right over there. <laughs> but let's just, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope it all works yeah. out. B- bust people in for, for those who haven't been to Burfield. You, 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 you don't understand it. for those that have, you definitely understand. So. Oh, hey, Connolly, man, greatly appreciate the time to sit down and talk. Um, we're we're going to catch up with you throughout the rest of your season, catch up here in a couple of weeks, see how things are going. And best of luck to you and the UT Rugby Club, man. Hey, thanks, Dustin. I'll see you all uh, on the 25th regardless, and we will, we will check in soon. Wonderful. Bye. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Cheers. so far we've talked to justin hale over there at the oryx we've talked with Connolly with ut and Connolly's got a tie to our next guest and i'll let them talk about Connolly if they want to but we've got two guys coming on from the blacks austin blacks one of the oldest and most recognized teams in really in the western half of the united states for rugby southwest in particular uh we've got nudo donnell and Derek watson how's it going today guys it's good pretty good yep thanks for having us yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A uh, little bit in the background for Newt. Newt decided he wanted to go to a park today and listen to the pod- <laughs> podcast and join us. So <laughs> a couple crows in the background, but that's okay, Newt. <laughs> they just wanted to be in the podcast. So I, I know. Right? I, I know. I, yeah, I think the more the barrier. <laughs> that's good. So guys, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of tell us who you are, how you both got involved in the Blacks, you know, maybe your current roles within the organization. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can, I can go ahead and go first. Sure. Um, yeah. So Derek Watson here uh, going on my fourth season with the Austin blacks uh, rugby club. Uh, current role is uh, club captain for this season. So uh, I was pretty honored to be able to do that this year. Um, 
come from uh, Texas State University in San Marcos, so always been a little close to the club. Uh, Tane, our current head coach, was uh, my head coach at Texas State my last couple seasons, so definitely made the uh, transition a little bit easier coming from a college club environment to uh, men's club, at least knowing uh, some of the coaching staff, uh, some of the players too. But um, yeah, uh, like I said, going on a fourth year with the club uh, each year, I think I've seen a, a noted increase, at least in the uh, overall like numbers of the club and size. And, um, you know, the, the competition level is, uh, is still there um, and it's getting higher every year. So uh, excited for what this season has in store. And uh, kind of excited just for Austin rugby in general this year. It uh, looks like we have a lot of uh, high expectations set for us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I can definitely see that, you know, obviously with the, the years in the past couple of years for you guys that have you been at the very top level of performance and at the championships and semifinals constantly. So I, I totally see it and, and it's, it's good stuff. So Newt kind of, you know, what's, what's your role within the club? How long have you been with the blacks? Yeah. So my name is Newt O'Donnell, uh, originally from South Bend, Indiana, um, hometowns like Osceola, not too far away. Um, but I went to Davenport university. I'm going on about my 13th year playing rugby, I think. Um, and so I came, down right after Davenport, got an email from Tane and I was kind of undecided where I was going to go. Um, and I just realized that Austin didn't have any winters. So it was a pretty easy decision. Um, <laughs> I was, I was definitely, uh, thrown off by the level of competition down here. Cause in the Midwest, you don't really hear much, um, about Texas rugby, whether it's, you know, high school, college or men. So, um, when he told me their accolades, I was very interested and came down immediately. And, uh, it's been the best club I played for strictly just you know the everybody who's involved whether it's um, the players the supporters the old boys um you know everybody that's involved always make sure that you're you know part of their family and everybody's taken care of and you know the level of competition i think changes each year it's always high level um, but we always have new people coming in either replacing uh, past players who made a really big impact and they're kind of making a name for their own um, but you know i think sam rook said it the best last year um i believe right when they punched their take to the national championship um our club is just always uh, a bunch of misfits from here there and everywhere um but you know we always come together and we always find a way to you know build that chemistry and continue on our winning traditions and making sure we're a top club in the country yeah absolutely and you know like like you said you know last year for those that are listening to the podcast that don't know much about you know what's going on in Austin or even in club level rugby in the United States, the blacks, I think you guys sent, was it three teams to the national semifinals? Is that correct? And two teams to the national championship and one national champion. Did I, do I have that right for D one, D two, D three? Just, just about, yeah. The, the division two side, uh, made it to the, uh, uh, quarterfinals last year uh, before losing, but, but, uh, no, definitely an accomplishment (laughs) altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Ending in the, uh, getting to compete in the, you know, uh, quarterfinals at home with, uh, three full sides is, uh, is quite the achievement. So we'll, uh, we'll take that, but yeah, both <laughs> D two or D one and D three were both in the national championship with D three, uh, walking away again with the trophy. So. Yeah. And that's, that's their back-to-back. So they're, they're, they're the back-to-back national champions. We talked a little bit about it with, uh, Justin Hale, since the D three guys played Oric last weekend. Um, that's, that's pretty phenomenal feet to be back-to-back national champions 
really in any sport at any level, you know, what's been kind of the good thing for those guys uh, at the D3 level that has really propelled them, you know, to be back-to-back champions. Yeah. So they, uh, they're not your typical D3 team. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they're still a bunch of guys who love playing at a high level. Um, I think that's actually what's, makes the clubs so great because it doesn't matter if you're D1, D2, or D3, everyone's going to make sure that they're pushing the next people to get better. Um, so our D3 is a combined, um, mix of guys who, you know, they may have played D1 in previous years, um, or, you know, then they had like, you know, they started their families, had jobs um, that popped up where they're not able to, you know, be as devoted to the club as they, they once were. Um, but obviously they still want to keep playing. So um, they make it work. They make sure that, you know, everybody is still getting the fair amount of time that, you know, they, they well deserve. And so I think what's always pushing them is like last year was a big factor for all three teams um each one of us were scrimmaging against each other every night that we were practicing so um you know d3 scrimmaging against d2 or d1 i mean those are some of the fastest teams they'll ever play against so when they you know go back and play a d3 team then they're going to be very well prepared and likewise for us as well because um you know like i said before the d3 guys um you know they're they're not just you know getting asked to come out here off like sixth street on a Friday night or anything like that. They, you know, they know the system very well. Um, and they, you know, they push us just as hard as anybody else can. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, they've really given their all to the sport, to the team and everything else and, and really worked hard to make impact, you know, for the rest of the team and not just themselves, you know, within the D3 setting. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one of the one of the great things about the D3 side is, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been with the club for uh, for a long time. Um, and, and with that comes a lot of experience. So um, I think if you look at the roster for uh, the D3, both D3 champion teams, um, you know, you'll note there's a, a good portion of, of uh, players that have been there for a long time. But we've also got um, players that are new to the club and even, you know, not just new to the club, uh, but experienced, but new, you know, young and newer to the club. So kind of having that nice mix of uh, newer guys plus the older experienced ones. Um, you've, you've got some veterans really, on that D3 team, man. Some ones so when some clubs oh, yeah. consider old boys, if, if I'm not mistaken there. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and I think, I think uh, the D3 side, especially after winning back to back last year, got a little bit of flack for, uh, you know, or accusations for, for us, you know, loading the team up. Um, but it's not like we're, we're sending a, you know, division one side out there, or you know, a bunch of young guys. I mean, it's, uh, it is quite, quite a mix of players. Um, and, and be quite frank, they just want to win. So, um, and you can't really say we're, we're pulling any team down, uh, with all three of us going to the, uh, you know, final eight yeah, in the exactly. nation. So exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's also cup tie rules for a reason. So, um, you know, it's just like Derek said, it's a bunch of younger guys and um, older, more experienced players that are constantly pushing each other to, you know, get that championship. So, I mean, they're definitely looking forward to uh, a very successful season again. Um, you know, and they're, and just like any other team too, like each team deals with injuries. So it's, you know, all about how you can um, use the people around you and, you know, see the best way to win. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, it, it really speaks a lot to the quality of, you know, the club and the quality of play and the quality of talent and what you can pull from in the Austin area. 
because you know it's not like the other teams in the area are I say weak if you you know you're not saying like the d3 you know orcs they're a brand new team and they've got a they've done pretty well this season and i know that they were we were talking to justin earlier and he was big proponent he said you know what we did pretty well in the second half against the d3 side over there for the blacks you know for a new team and to only give up like five i think he said like five or 12 12 points like he was proud of that because of the quality of level of play but you know the huns got a solid team they've got you know one through one through three in divisions as well and so it creates a great rivalry for you guys and it creates the, the level of quality that we're building up in the austin area i agree so I guess, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the D3 side, D2 side, D1 side. How's that looking out for the, for this season? What are, what are some of the positives that you guys are seeing, you know, coming up for those guys? So I'll, I'll say, and I think I kind of touched on earlier a little bit, um, each season that, that I've been with the Blacks, I know Newt will agree. Um, you know, we, we've constantly gotten new players um, and, and carried some over, um, especially a, a pretty, pretty big core group of young players. Um, but it seems like each season we've at least gained uh, not just new players to the sport, um, you know, that are coming out to check it out, but but new players that are coming here specifically to play for the Blacks and to push for a, you know, D2 or a D1 starting position. Um, so, you know, you kind of have those instant contributors. Uh, so, I, so I think it's, uh, it's a very promising season. Um, like I said, got a, got a very, uh, strong group of young, uh, young players that, uh, kind of want to make a statement. So, uh, excited to see how that all unfolds. Yeah. Well, well, besides you two being, you know, star players for the team, right. Um, <laughs> who, who are, who are some other players that, you know, people are pretty excited that have either joined or returning this year for you guys. Yeah. So, um, I'll take over the backs, uh, Derek, you can get the forwards if you want to. Sure. Um, yeah. So we have Jock Merriman coming back at 10. Um, he's, uh, just an all around player can really direct the entire offense, make sure everyone, you know, does their job and very elusive. Um, and then we have Chris Ingate coming back. Um, he was a really good player for us last year that just popped in um, from Australia. He is a very good hard runner, so he brings a lot of structure to it as well. Um, we also have Pat Medina, which I'm not sure if you know his dad, Rick Medina, uh, but he's also one of yep. our players. And I think it's also really cool that, you know, you get to be on the same club and, you know, he's also played with his dad before, which is not something... Yeah, it's not something that everybody can say. So, um, in, in any sport, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, I mean, like, yeah, Rick's an OG. Um, his kids follow suit pretty well. And, uh, you know, they're, he has two boys. One of them's um, Patrick, the other one is uh, Nick. So, um, but yeah, Pat's, Pat's a really good young player. I think he's been um, working out with the herd a little bit. So that's good that he's getting this experience as a young player. Um, and then with our deep three, um, we're constantly kind of moving people around to see like how well they're going to be able to cope with that and just, you know, put them in different positions, I guess, early in the season. So, um, you know, we have like Nate Belichu. Um, he's a great athlete, definitely has a, a really bright future coming up for him. Um, he's very hard worker. You got Preston Weigel from Arkansas state. Um, he's just an all around guy who's, you know, down to put his nose down or his head down and just keep working. Um, Antonio Wynn is a guy that has been with the club as long as me and Derek have. And so he's always a really good guy that you can rely on. And then Matt Radzovich as well. 
just a speedster and um, him and Nate actually went to Texas state with Derek as well. So um, it's actually really nice. I think that we have guys who played either against each other in college or with each other in college. And we're all kind of collaborating um, yeah, because, yeah. you know, in, in this club we have like um, I played against a bunch in the mid South, um, whether they went to Lindenwood, Arkansas state um, and even Clemson. So um, I think it's always great where, you know, you, when you were rivals, now you become, you know, best buddies and work towards a common goal. So yeah, um, for sure. yeah, absolutely. And so Derek, how about the, what in the forwards, what, what's that looking like for you? Well, uh, I'll start, uh, I'll start with the, the big name, uh, the mayor of Burville himself, uh, Chris Bowman, uh, returning, <laughs> returning another season with the Austin blacks. Um, just, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome to have a player of his caliber. Um, you know, there around the club, um, you know, not only in games, but in training, um, and, and kind of, you know, brings that, brings that higher level of play, um, especially to a lot of players that might not have, uh, either played or trained at that level and, uh, can kind of give them somewhat of a framework to, you know, uh, show you if you want to play at this high level, uh, this is kind of, uh, what you have to do and what's expected of you. So, uh, he's, he's of course a great, uh, contribution to the club. Uh, Tim Howard, we have returning again, um, as the D one captain, uh, unfortunately had a, a minor injury in one of our preseason games, but, uh, he should be back and healthy in no time. Um, looking at the D two side, um, we've got a lot of young guys. I think like Newt said that, uh, that are just kind of itching to, uh, earn those spots. Um, I know of, uh, Onassis, uh, Guillema. he, uh, actually played with me at Texas state for a couple of seasons. Um, definitely one of those players you like to have on your team as opposed <laughs> to the other side. Yeah, um, he's a beast. Definitely, uh, definitely sets the tone with the first tackle usually. So, um, Gotta love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So makes, makes it easier for everybody else to kind of follow suit when they're, they're making hits like that. Um, a uh, new player to the club this year. Um, he's gotten some time on D1 and D2 now. Also, uh, Alex Oldikowski. Um, I believe he's from Milwaukee. Um, again, another just uh, younger forward who's who's coming out here ready to uh, ready to make a statement. So, like I said, a lot of a lot of young guys, uh, on, especially on the D2 side, and then on the D1 side, uh, got some some serious veterans that uh, that we've got. You know ready to play. So yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that's great. It speaks again. I, I keep going back to quality because I try to push on the podcast, like the level of play in Texas and how I say at, a, at the high level that it is, people just don't realize it. And especially in Austin, it, it, it's a great thing. So, you know, obviously one through three, all, all squads full. What's your total, you know, I guess club number. Um, I think it, didn't somebody say that club, uh, uh, club registration or SIP SIP players came out about a week or so ago from TRU. What, what's the, what's the number at for you guys? So uh, fortunately as the club captain, I get to follow up on uh, player dues. <laughs> so um, I actually have a pretty <laughs> solid number right now. Um, He's going to start calling out names. Uh, those who haven't well, paid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. listening. I've got a list of names here that I'm going to uh, publicly <laughs> shame. You're, you're, actually. On, you're being covered yeah. internationally now. So people in South Africa, if you're listening. Yeah. And so uh, we, we've got, uh, this is an intervention. Right. On our, on our SIP roster currently as of, uh, two days ago, we had 99, uh, registered members. Now with that number includes, 
Um, I'd probably say give or take, uh, let's say 10, uh, roughly that include, uh, referee admin and coaches. So right now I think at a, a SIP roster amount, we have, uh, close to 90, um, obviously over the next couple of weeks, um, as play picks up, I'm sure we'll get a few more. Um, I think last year we topped out at about 120 members. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's always kind of funny to see uh, how the season, uh, progresses. Um, it's, uh, the number just keeps growing. So, you know, there at the end, uh, end of the season, you know, we'll have, you know, 60, 70 guys out of training sometimes, um, yeah. which is awesome. Um, well, yeah. you know, and, and that's makes... going to put you at not only one of the oldest clubs in, in the Southwest and in the South, but you know, one of the largest, if you know, not just the South, but probably, you know, in some of the country. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, like I said, it, it makes it, it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to practice, to, uh, train when you have, you know, full side to go against, makes it a lot easier to run, uh, kind of run the back of house kind of duties on, uh, home game weekends. Uh, you've essentially got an army of, uh, volunteer workers <laughs> ready to, uh, pick up different jobs. So yeah, it's really nice. Well, it's, it's speaking of home games and games in general. So obviously, you know, we're, we're, right in the middle of this, right in the middle of the season for, you know, D3. And I think, um, kind of mid start of D2 and D1 just got, just got off for, for TRU, um, the Red River conference. But, you know, so what's the season been like for all three sides? Um, <laughs> you know, we can start D1 and work your way down if you want kind of talk about, you know, the game so far and what you got coming up this weekend. Do you want me to take those? Sure. Go ahead, Newt. Okay. Um, so D1, we went to the Quins, um, and they were a much different Quins team um, than last year. Um, last year, I think they were missing uh, a couple key factors, but this year uh, we went up there a bit chilly of the day, um, but they had some new guys come in on Monday. Um, I think they actually have a really good shot, at, um, you know, making sure that they're keeping teams honest and giving a good run. Um, they had some really solid forwards and uh, some solid backs. So I think it's just going to be more of a, a chemistry thing, like just waiting for it to click. Um, but, you know, we went there as a, as a really good, really good game on our end. Um, definitely found some pieces that we need to fix, but that's what the early games are always for. So um, kind of like Derek said, or piggybacking off that, it's great that we're starting to get more and more people to come out because um, with preseason, um, it can be, you know, a little rough when, um, only D three is playing and you're just not getting like the numbers or, um, the certain people that you need to come out at times, but that's kind of with every club. Um, but yeah. And then I'm trying to think, and did you guys, did you guys win that game? I, I, I couldn't, I saw this. Oh yeah. Sorry yeah, okay. about that. Uh, <laughs> we won the game 63 to five. Okay. That's why I, I thought it was, but I wanted to, I had it on here and I was just like double checking because a little bit yeah, sad, like it was close. Like it was not a, or was, was a close game or was a, <laughs> was a loss for a second there. <laughs> No. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, oh, yeah, it was, it was actually a really good battle. I think, um, especially the first like 20, 30 minutes, uh, just because, you know, uh, both teams are still trying to figure out like the structure, um, on attack and they had a really good defense of line that just kept coming up, kept putting pressure. Um, but you know, we we're able to find different ways to attack them and just kind of expose them in other ways. Um, so, I mean, it's always like a game of chess. You just gotta kind of yep. wait and play your, like play your move. And then when you have that, move you just strike yeah nice and then so d2 how 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 they do this past weekend 
so uh, D2, they, uh, they lost to Fort Worth uh, in Fort Worth. Uh, I believe the final score was uh, 17 to 10. Um, yep. Yeah. So fortunately lost that one. Uh, I believe it was 10 to seven at halftime. So um, just unable to get, get any tries on the board in the, uh, in the second half. Um, just a, you know, but again, first, first official D2 game of the season. So, um, so I think like Newt said, just trying to kind of find, find the identity, uh, figure out what works and what doesn't. So Shaking I off think, some of that uh, rust. sure, sure. I think this weekend too, um, it's West Houston. I think the, there'll be a, a group now that has played together at least once. Um, and they have something to kind of prove, um, and, and to that point, it was also quite a hurdle uh, last weekend. Um, we had the D3 side playing in Austin, uh, the Division Two side playing in Fort Worth, and the Division One side playing in Dallas, um, all about the same time. So, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> fortunately, Fort Worth did work with us to uh, try to reschedule the time. Um, unfortunately, the weather pushed the game to a different field, which uh-huh. was kind of constricted by their own time. So... Uh, we were still able to um, get a couple of players over that were uh, reserves for the division one side, but uh, yeah. coming out of that kind of weekend, uh, two out of three, yeah, it's, uh, it's in not three bad. different cities across the states, <laughs> not too bad. So, and that's what we, we talked about it with with uh, with Justin from from the other rugby club about like, yeah, when we travel in Texas, you know, to go play Dallas to go play some of those, that's three hours away, man. <laughs> it's not easy, right? Right? right. Yeah, especially yeah, to have I mean, all different vacations. <laughs> Yeah, and you put it in perspective, even going like McAllen, um, since oh, you know you're considered like the the southern part of the uh, the Red River Conference. I think that's how it's split up uh, for D three. So I mean, like that's just that's always a testament to see how many people you can actually get to travel. Um, there have been a couple games where um, I think it was was it McAllen Derek where they had to travel with like about what was it eighteen or nineteen guys. Yeah, I think I think last year was either 17 or 18 and they might have hit like 19 this season. Uh, Yeah, uh, Yeah. definitely always a tough away game uh, when you're going that far, too. Yeah, and the same testament can be with our D1 side. We had a preseason game against Belmont Shore um, before the end of the year last year. So um, originally, I think we had 16 going to. over like over to Belmont in California. And so like, then we had a, a couple people come join us uh, while we were there. Um, and so like that was, I think overall we had like 17 or 18 guys. And so uh, Belmont was a very great club. Um, I, to be honest with you, it was pretty funny when we rocked up because uh, you know, they have probably had about 45 guys out there just doing a full on training while we're rocking up just like <laughs> with our bags, like, all right, I guess we'll go pass ball over here kick a ball over there yeah and then uh they had probably a 30 minute session beforehand another 20 minute session on the field and then it's like you know we're just trying to get everybody out of the locker room trying to get everything going so that game was actually a really great test for us um i think they're very similar to us on the way they attack the way they hit the way they play defense uh, so it's actually a pretty high scoring game we ended up losing that one by five points but you know belmont just um historically speaking they're always a really good side and it was uh, awesome for us to finally get to play them in a preseason because you don't really get many opportunities to you know play some really high level teams in the preseason yeah well you know i i guess i guess speaking of that and speaking of like what's coming up in the schedule um you guys play this weekend or are you guys off this weekend correct yeah we're we're traveling to um uh 
uh, play the West Houston Lions um, actually at the the new Aviva Stadium. So, oh, nice. Um, I think it's a, a an opener for the Tasman Makos and SaberCats <laughs> exhibition game. So uh, that'll be that'll be cool to get to play in that facility. Um, and uh, West Houston, another uh, another club um, up and coming. Um, I know last year, I think they, they, uh, near the end of the season had, had some trouble just with numbers, um, and didn't travel that well, at least when they came to play us the second go around. So I'm sure they, uh, sure being at home, they're going to bring their a game. Um, and, and it should be a really good test. Fantastic. Yeah. There was a really hard hitting side. Um, and last year being their first, um, you know, season affiliated with the Sabercats. Um, I'm sure they'll probably have some help as well with some guys who won't be dressing for the Sabercats game. So, um, it should be a really good test again. And, um, I think it'd be really cool to check out their new stadium. I don't think a lot of us have been down there yet. No, I, I, I haven't, but it, it looks pretty amazing. So all three, all three divisions play at West Texas or West Houston, excuse me. Uh, no, it's actually just uh-huh. D1 and D2. Um, I think D3 is getting a, a nice little break uh, before before the Huns the weekend uh, after this one. So, oh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's if a, you look at the schedule, they've, they've played uh, they've played five games, I guess, up to this point. So, yeah, they get they get one weekend off. But. Sure. So, so let, let's, let's kind of wrap up and, and, and talk about that. Um, you know, talk about the 25th. It's a, it's a big day of rugby in Austin. Um, for those that you've been listening to the podcast, you've got, you know, uh, high school, you got a college match, you've got Huns versus blacks, the, the rivalry D one, D two and D three, the, the Austin Derby, if you will. And then of course, after that, you've got, you know, Glenda, Glenda, excuse me, Colorado, since they've changed their names, Colorado and Austin MLR, kind of preseason game. What's that look like for you guys and kind of the excitement to all be at Burfield? We are pumped. <laughs> Say the least. Right, I don't great. know. Uh, kind of sums yeah. it up right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's like uh, Austin Derby Day is always my favorite day, I think. It's uh, ever since my first season here, it's like you didn't realize or you didn't realize the, uh, the magnitude of everything when it comes to this rivalry. Um, so I think it's always a special day. Um, and so, I mean, like having this much rugby along with high school kids who are going to be able to not just, you know, watch us, but they get to even watch BYU and, um, UT play, um, which is going to be a massive game because BYU is always a really good team to watch. And then you get to also watch, uh, the pro team do their thing. So, um, I think as a young rugby player, it's going to be awesome to not just be, you know, exposed to it, but I mean, they made, they may have some really favorite players like on that pro side that they would, they wouldn't meet otherwise, yeah. you know? So um, I think that's always cool. when you kind of get to see some of your role models play and um, just see what they do like pregame and during the game, after the game, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is it, yeah, I think, pretty exciting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Derek, you go ahead. I was going to say to Newt's point, um, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, these high school players with uh, four points and Westlake, you know, will be able to play a game, you know, finish that up, then they can watch uh, UT and BYU play, and then they can watch uh, men's club game of uh, various levels. And then there's a professional game after that. Uh, so, you know, aside from a national team game or, uh, <laughs> or a youth rugby game, yeah. we almost have all the all the levels covered, which is pretty pretty awesome to have in one place on one day. So, 
I agree. I agree. I, yeah. I, I think it's pretty, pretty amazing that we're going to be able to do that. I think there's a lot of people who are really excited about it. I, I think the crowd is going to be massive. And as I, I joked about with Conley on it, um, we're, we're hoping that the Burfield parking lot can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we pushed the capacity last year at, uh, at the Western, uh, Western finals and stuff. So, uh, if we, uh, take, takes a little bit of, uh, a little bit of planning ahead, but I think, uh, I think we might have seen the worst last year, but hey, I'll, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to uh, to have more people come out. So well, I, I, I was going to say, you better knock on wood on that <laughs> one. I'm sure you can fit in a couple couple more uh, cars in there from last year. Hey, so. yeah, we're hoping for it with you know some of the the new fans that, that have come through from both the supporters group, but also you know new fans of just rugby in general in Austin. With you know thanks to you know teams like yourself and the Huns and you know in the herd on the MLR side, so it's pretty exciting. Hey guys, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not to mention, also uh, next weekend is uh, will be Australia Day. Oh yeah, um, out yeah, at Burfield. Uh, that's that's our uh, annual big party we have out there. Um, any and all Aussies that want to uh, you know partake are more than welcome to join. Um, the Austin Crows, um, I think, have worked with us, and I believe are working with us again. Uh, the Aussie Rules team here in town. Oh nice. Um, so I think they'll be out there. And uh, we're also trying to raise some funds, uh, of course, for the uh, wildfires in yeah, Australia. So crazy. aside from all the rugby and, uh, and all the fun, there, there is a, uh, a good know, cause underlying good cause <laughs> that we're, we're yeah. going to contribute to. So. Yeah. A uh, deeper meaning, if you will. So, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know, it's with our events and how we usually coordinate all this, it's always a really special day when everybody comes out, um, you know, puts in the work because, you know, um, the cool part is that rugby is bringing everybody together, you know, so Absolutely. why not do it for a better cause? Yeah, and I think I think you're right on, and I'm you know I I appreciate the fact that that that's the the mentality, especially you know in Austin. Like I keep telling people, like let's just try to get out there, let's try to get to you know if you can make it to a blacks match, a Huns match, uh, you know an Orc match, go watch some rugby, go watch some high school rugby if you can, and you know when if college is on, go go take care of them and, and cheer on UT or or Texas State. You know, now you can't can't negate them since the, since Derek that's your alma mater but yeah and then you know then I try to say, get people to rally around the you know the pro side and continue to build up the great you know rugby mecca that is Austin right now yeah we're definitely building so um yeah I, I would definitely just say for the rest of the country you know we're coming <laughs> there it is the challenge is thrown down guys thanks for joining if anybody wants to find out more information about the blacks where do they need to go what do they need to do so you can either go kind of the the modern way, I guess, go to uh, Facebook and uh, just search the Austin uh, Austin Rugby Club um, or go online to austinrugby.com. Uh, and there you can find all of our, uh, they have all three schedules on the website, got our team store where you can buy gear, hats, caps, uh, a little bit of everything, um, sign up for social memberships, and uh, find out some more information about when training is and when you can come out to practice. So um, those are kind of the two two general routes. But, um, hey, if you ever see somebody wearing an Austin rugby shirt or Austin blacks, uh, say hey and, and ask them ask them where training's at and they can uh, they'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how it's done, man. That's how it's done. Hey, guys, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining. We'll, we'll try to do is catch up with you here in a couple of weeks and see how the season's going for all all three divisions. And hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's good news for you guys. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. That was uh, this has been a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Ludo Donald, yeah. Derek Watson, Austin Blacks Rugby. Thanks for joining us.
You know, I really can't thank Justin from Orc, Connolly from UT Rugby, and Newt and Derek from the Blacks for coming on the show this week. If that doesn't tell you how great rugby is in Central Texas, I don't know what does. You got four guys there who are just big proponents of the game. They are trying to grow the sport as much as possible, but they're also playing at very high levels. Even Connolly, as we joke about, you know, getting a little bit up there, but still playing the game in the ripe old age of, of 39, I believe. <laughs> well, what I want to do right now, I want to give a quick recap of all the games going on this weekend. It's a packed house for rugby clubs. It's really exciting. So if you've got a chance to get out to any one of these games, please do. So let's start with the women's team. So the Valkyries D2 has their season opener against Bark, and that's the Bay Area Rugby Club. Yeah, that's right. Bay Area coming to Austin. That's 1230 at Nixon Lane this Saturday, January 18th. We've got the Orc. They're hosting, as we talked about earlier with Justin. They're going to host Corpus Christi at 2 o'clock right off of uh, Finning Lane in Pflugerville. If you need information on that one, you can go to the Orc website, uh, otherrugbyclub.com, and find out where they're playing. Next up, we've got the Huns. So Austin Huns, they've got all three teams are playing this weekend. Two are at home. One is traveling. So the D3 team is traveling down to Alamo City. Their kickoff is 2 o'clock. The Huns D2 team hosts Fort Worth at 2 o'clock in Nixon Lane, followed up by the Huns D1, going to host the Dallas Harlequins at 3.30 over on Nixon Lane. Again, more information, you can visit the Huns, uh, austinhuns.com. You could also go to their Facebook page as well. As we just talked with Derek and Newt, the Blacks D1 and D2 teams are playing West Houston this week, and the D3 team gets a, a day off and much-needed rest, apparently. So the D2 team looks like they're kicking off at 1.30 in West Houston, and then the Blacks D1 followed up there at 3.30. So if you're looking at it right now, we go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 teams in action. And, of course, you got the Huns, Orcs, and Valkyries all playing at home uh, with the Huns D3 traveling down to Alamo City. That is a lot of rugby for Central Texas, and it's awesome. So if you get a chance to get out to one of those games, please do. A lot of good stuff going on. We're really excited about it. I'm going to try to be out to a couple of the games at the Hunt, the Huns Field, Nixon Lane. Uh, it's a busy day, but if we can all be out there, organize and, and meet up, you can watch the work game and can head down and watch the Valkyries ahead of time. I don't think it's too far of a drive for you. Uh, you could also try to jump back and forth between the Orc and, and the Huns Field if you're trying to get a lot of rugby in this weekend. So I know that obviously there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of rugby being played. And yes, MLR is just about to start. We're three weeks away from kickoff. The herd played a scrimmage game last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago now, excuse me, uh, with the Huns, which was great stuff. We've got a game coming up on the 25th against Colorado, formerly known as Glendale. And then of course, uh, the finish of the scrimmage season is going to be against the blacks on the 31st. So, Starting next week, what we're going to do is we're going to start talking, talk some MLR, going to talk some Austin Herd rugby, talk about some signings. We're going to talk just about the team and the new outlook and some great stuff that's been going on in the Austin community 
and what Todd Clever and Andrew Sanila have done to help build the bridges to the local clubs, to the local community, and some stuff that we can continue to do as fans and as supporters. So I look forward to that. I look forward to chatting with some of the players. We're going to get a couple of returnees coming back with us to be the first ones to return to the podcast and have a conversation. Um, I won't tell you who that is yet. I'll make you tune in for that. That's always the good stuff. But we really do appreciate you tuning in and listening and just letting us talk some rugby with you. It's a pleasure of mine to do this on sometimes a weekly basis. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks, but as you know, it's always good. We're going to try to do some more fun stuff with you guys this year. I really want to get some fans on to talk rugby. So if you're a fan of rugby and want to just sit down and chat with me, by all means, let's do it. But that's really all the time that we have for this episode. I greatly appreciate you tuning in. I'm so lucky to be able to talk rugby with a bunch of great people. I'd like to thank Justin Hale with the Orc Rugby Club, Connolly McKay with UT Rugby Men's Side, and then, of course, we've got Nude O'Donnell and Derek Watson. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to chatting more rugby with you. Like and follow us, if you can, on any of your social media outlets. Make sure that you click that subscribe button on iTunes or Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm pretty sure I have it on every single one. Um, you know, throw some comments in the comment section. I'd love to talk, you know, more to people who are listening to the podcast. Tell us where you're listening from, from around the world. That's always a great thing. There's all kinds of rugby out there and all, all kinds of stuff to listen to. Earful of Dirt, Aaron Castro, and those guys do a good job covering MLR and USA rugby, you know. Some of my favorite rugby podcasts are the Rugby Pod over there on, uh, uh, what is it, the Rugby Pass. So that's pretty fun to listen to. They're on Spotify as well over there in Europe. But I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Thanks for listening in. My name is Dustin. We'll see you on the pitch.